teach Moses in the church every single week. And so we'll be doing it, whether it's online, um, somehow we're going to be doing it. That's our commitment. Our Dallas location, because it is a di- different demographic, they have already gone to, uh, to internet-only church for at least the next two weeks on Sabbath. And so... Um, we're being very mindful of what's happening. We're staying up to date. We're talking with local officials, and we're going to continue to try to make the best possible decision with the wisdom of the Lord, um, not out of fear, not out of paranoia, but as the Lord leads. As long as the Lord leads and allows us to open those doors, whether anybody shows up or not, we're going to come and we're going to minister. And so that's our desire. That's our heart's desire. But just trying to make everybody aware of that if we do stream, most likely it will be through our YouTube and our Facebook page as well. And so um, if you don't have either one of those accounts, um, that's where it will be. Uh, I'll talk with Cameron and our tech guys. Maybe we can get that on the website or something else if you don't have it. So we're, we're, we're looking weeks down the road, and we're trying to stay very fluid uh, with what's going on inside our community. Um, but we're not running. We're not hiding. Uh, we have no fear of the virus. Um, In fact, if anything, we're really looking for what the Lord is doing in the midst of this situation, uh, not only in our community, but in our our world. And so we need to continue to pray for that and continue to uh, use discernment in all the decisions we're doing. We need to be praying this week as well for Ellen Clevenger. Um, For those of you who are on our Facebook page, her appendix burst this week, uh, went into emergency surgery. Uh, She then came home and then contracted pneumonia and uh, is back in the hospital. Their hopes is that she'll be released today. Um, but uh, she's well. The surgery went well. They, they got it before any massive side effects happen. Obviously, pneumonia is a side effect of the, of the burst appendix, but they are treating it. They are uh, working with her, and so far, uh, they, they plan on her having a full recovery. So we need to continue to lift her up in prayer. Um, my understanding is is that the Real Life Marriage Group is still on tonight, and so you can get the information on that in the bulletin. They will be meeting uh, this evening as well. So um, we need to continue to lift up Daniel in prayer, and uh, Kayla and Lindsay is there in New Zealand uh, teaching. And you, we need, to, we need to pray for you, Hannah. Do we need to pray for you because your older sisters are gone, and so now you have added responsibilities? Oh, okay, because you're, you're watching my kids right now, not your siblings. So. All right. All right, well, let's get up. If you don't want to shake somebody's hand, that's fine. But let's at least say hi, keep the fellowship going, the camaraderie going. And we're going to go ahead and start off with some praise this morning and start off with some worship.
All right, while the world tells us to be scared, I'm here to praise. I don't know about you guys. Can I, can I go a little old school today? Since it's just me and acoustic, can I, can I go a little old school? Am I allowed? Am I allowed? Can we do that together? All right. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. For this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Father, it's easy for us to exalt when things are happy, 
when things are easy. It's easy for us to be thankful when there are no trials or tribulations. But Father, we thank you today for all that you're doing because you are still on the throne and you are still the king. Be exalted, Yahweh, our God. He shall reign over all the earth. 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 It shall come forth the rock out of Jesse, and a branch shall grow from his roots. The Spirit of God will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and truth. He shall reign over all the earth. He shall reign over all the earth. shall not judge with the sight of his eyes or decide with the hearing of his ears but with righteousness he'll judge the poor and decide with fairness for the mean he shall reign over all the earth he shall reign over all the earth he shall reign over all the earth, he shall reign over all the earth. He shall gather the outcasts of Israel, the dispersed of Judah from all the earth. He shall stand as an ensign for his people, and his resting place shall be glorious. He shall reign over all the earth. Over all the earth, he shall reign over all the earth. He shall reign over all the earth. Come and reign, come and reign over all the earth. 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 You shall reign over all the earth 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 If you believe that, that he will come and reign over all the earth. Hallelujah. In times like we see right now, that is our hope. That is our hope. Our hope is that the days, the hours are counting down to the glorious return of Mashiach. I don't know about you, but every time 
feel a little bit down every time I feel like the world around us is trying to infiltrate us with negativity or fear or anything else. I just feel like there's that kind of moment that the Lord steps in, whether it be in my car on the way to work or it be at home or it be in the office or just wherever. I mean, sometimes it's in the most random of places. But this still small voice says, just watch. I've got it. Now, for a guy like me, it's pretty comforting. Because for the most part, I feel like I'm the guy who has to take care of all of it. I'm the guy who has to do it. But the truth is, is I never have done any of it. As much as I want to try to like be arrogant or prideful about it, boast myself with an ego, I haven't done anything. In fact, most of the time, the Lord has to say, watch and wait. i got to clean up your mess. So, <laughs> so. But, you know, this week as, as I was praying and I was talking to Daniel and talking to Pastor Josh and Glenn via text message, trying to understand, okay, you know, what's, what are you guys doing? Trying to get some wisdom, some discernment from other men. This song kept playing. And it played, I don't know how many times. I have a bad habit where I just listen to the same song over and 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 over again. But sometime, probably about the hundredth time that this song played, I, I think I actually heard what was being said. And it was at that moment that I was like, all right, there's, there's my answer. Thank you, Lord. Sorry I didn't hear you earlier. But if you listen to these lyrics, let this be your anthem. Let this be your cry. Because the only fear is the fear of the Lord. No, I'm not 
faith, our hope, our trust in you. 
alone, Father. That we would seek your face, Father, and your face alone. And that we would not forget to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise, Father, for all the victories that you have fought on our behalf. Even the ones that we don't even know you fought. Even the ones that maybe we don't even count as a victory ourselves. You know what is best for us, Father. You have been constantly watching over us since the day you created and gave us breath, Father. And in a moment's time, we doubt you. And in a moment's time, we're fearful. And in a moment's time, we act like you're not still moving. But you have never stopped moving on our behalf, Father. You have never stopped moving. You have never stopped healing. You have never stopped creating. You have never stopped working. Father, today I acknowledge that I have not thanked you enough. I have not given you praise enough for the works that you have done in my life, for the works that I have seen you do in other people's life, that I have not thanked you, I have not praised you enough for that. But Father, I know that you are working on each and every one of our behalfs. I know, Father, that you have this whole world in your hands. And Father, for those right now who have lost a loved one, for those right now who are living in fear, Father, I ask that you would bring peace to them, bring peace to this world, Father. Turn hearts back to you. Drop us to our knees to repent and bring us to a place of praise and honor and glory to you and you alone, Father. I pray for the leaders of this country, for the leaders of other countries, for the leaders of the cities, for the leaders of the household, Father, that they would be on their face and they would be seeking the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and from you. Father, for those who do not have a home, Father, for those who do not know where their next meal is, Father, please, please, Father, open our eyes and open our hearts to those people and father by the power of your holy spirit i ask that you would lead us to them lead us to them father that we can be the hands and feet that we can be the disciples of yeshua the messiah by the power of your holy spirit father drive us to those places that we would treat all I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see 
Father, as you are fighting the wars around us, we humbly thank you. Father, awaken the spirit inside the believers in this world. Open their eyes to see the spiritual battle around them, Father. Teach us to be a praying people, Father. And draw us closer together. Let the house that has been divided for so long be divided no more.
in your ears. Let's just keep singing that. We don't need a guitar. We don't need any instruments. Let us join with the angels in the heavenly realm, singing praise and glory without ceasing. To yod heh vav Adonai Elohim. I love you, Lord, and I lift my a minute if we can turn and face out those doors right now towards our city and if you will join me in a prayer for everybody in this city right now whatever the father is laying on your hearts right now for the people in this city as a corporate body together in agreement that Adonai Elohim is the ruler of this city and everyone in it let us just pray together for this city, for those in this city, whatever the Lord is laying on your hearts right now. Father, together as one people, your people, the leaders of so many households together in this community. Father, we know that the light shines the greatest in the darkness. And right now, Father, this world over the last week has told us that we should be scared. Has told us that we should change. We should not come together. We should not worship. Father, let the light of Yeshua shine through us. Let us not give in to paranoia. Let us not give in to the fears of this world. Let us fear you and you alone, Father. And may our fear of you be so great that the light of Yeshua and the power of the Holy Spirit would just burst forth from us. 
in these times of distraction, in these times of fear, may we double down on our prayer. May we double down on our reading of the word. May we double down on our praise and our worship of you. May we double down on the fact that you alone can make all of this go away. You alone are the creator of all things. You are the healer. You are our provider. You are our shield. You are our protection. And Father, we pray for every person in this city. Those who have already tested positive for this virus. Those who are scared of this virus. Those who are unaware of this virus. Father, we pray for all of them. That as the world continues to go dark, you would flow through your people brighter than ever. Awaken those who are sleeping, almighty Lord. In preparation for the spring feast, in preparation from the slavery that this world offers, Father, deliver us again. We humbly petition for all of our brothers and sisters in this city, in all the cities around the world, Father, that they would know that you are Elohim. Father, for Ellen Clevenger, please, Father, continue to heal her body, that the pneumonia would cease, that the, the healing from the appendix would be completely restored. For Daniel and for Lindsay and Kayla, as they're ministering around the country, around the world, keep them safe, Father. For those, Father, who are fighting illnesses, for those, Father, who are, who are fighting financials, help them to find their answers in you. Father, for our small groups meeting, protect them, keep them safe, continue to anoint them, Father, with your power and your spirit. For our school systems, for our government leaders, Father. For this nation, Father. For every nation. Ignite your spirit in the hearts of your children, Father, like never before. May we stop wrestling against our flesh. And may we find freedom in Yeshua. Just like in Mark chapter 1, Father, send your spirit to drive us into this city, to the places that you would have us minister to others. May we make a difference. Father, I ask a blessing over each and every person here and watching online. Keep them safe, Father. And continue to draw us back to you. For it's in the name of Yeshua we humbly come before you on this day. Amen and amen. All right, kiddos. It's our time to bless you.
I love your spunk. Even with the cane, you're like, I am not going to be the last one up here. Autumn, real quick, how's your foot feeling? Is it feeling okay? When, uh, when do you get to take that cast off, sweetheart? Do you know? Soon? All right, let's pour out a blessing upon the little ones that are amongst us today, as well as the ones that aren't here, of course, as always. Heavenly Father, we come before you. On this Sabbath day, we pray that you would pour out your very best blessing upon each and every one of these beautiful, smiling faces that are before us. Father, I pray that we as a community of brethren, Lord, that we would commit and that we would stand together to always watch over and protect each and every one of these little ones. If we ever see them walking in a place or a direction they're not to go, that we would always be mindful to watch over and protect the little ones that are among us, Father, because you have said that if we, any harm was to come to them, it was as if we did something to you, Father. So, Father, I pray that we would look upon the children, that we would learn from them, Lord. For as you command us to have faith like a child, Lord, and as we see the children and the faith they have in their parents, Father, may we know the faith that we need to look to you in all of our times of need. So, Father, I pray that you would always give us your words of wisdom to speak life into these children whoever has an opportunity, the parents, the elders, anyone. Father, I pray that you would lift up the sons. May they be as Ephraim and Manasseh. and Lift up the daughters to be as Ruth and as Esther. And Father, may you pour out your spirit upon each and every one of these children. Fill them with the fruits of your spirit. May there always be kindness and love and joy and peace and goodness upon their lips in everything that they do. Guard their hearts and minds, Father, from any spirit that is not of you, that it may not consume them in any way but they would always keep their mind and their hearts focused on you and your spirit, Father. Guard their eyes and ears for whatever they might experience, for the world has so many things, Lord, that are distractions before us, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would always shield the gates of their eyes, the gates of their ears, Lord, to not let anything come in that is not meant to be there. Cast out anything that is not of you. Guard their lips, Father. For you say what comes out of one's mouth that makes them unclean. So, Father, I pray that you would always, uh, that your spirit would be in these children, Lord, that they would not say anything that would be hurtful, Lord, or something that they would reg regret. So, Father, we pour out your very best, please pour out your very best blessing upon the children on this Sabbath day. We thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you to everybody who came out to service this week. Obviously, there's been some uh, changes in sort of day-to-day uh, -day life, uh, a little bit here and there, things that are outside of our control. We were going to have uh, Dina Dye here to uh, be a guest teacher for us, and we were going to give her the entire time slot for this week. Um, but obviously, with uh, traveling circumstances as they are, we're having to, uh, to postpone that. And we'll figure out exactly when Dina will be able to make it here. So Chris uh, talked to me on Wednesday, and he says, hey, can you, uh, can you put something together for this week? And I said, yeah, I can put, put something together. Now, because we weren't going to have a first five, sort of my first sort of go-to was like, okay, well, at least I'll, maybe I'll go back and I'll, I'll touch on the tour portion. And I just have to say that our Heavenly Father has a sense of humor. 
because of the content of our Torah portion is so applicable to what went on in the news cycle um, this week with uh, the coronavirus being declared a pandemic, shutting down of major events, and, and it seems like there, there's an eerie calm across the entire city and society when you drive around, an eerie calm that I, that I can't recall, maybe last time might have been the few days after 9-11, that there's this sort of this weird sort of, well, what do we do now kind of, kind of feeling. Everybody's got to make a decision for their own lives. Well, if we go back to the word of the Lord, if we go back to the source of which the, the one, the creator who made us and whose spirit we call upon in our time of need, the Lord always has something to say. And in our Torah portion here, in the, in the, as it begins in uh, Exodus 30 at verse 11 and continues on through the end of that chapter and into 31, I, started, I read this passage, and I was all like, Lord, you have given us the cure for what is plagues and pandemics here in the Scripture. It's, it, it's, it's comical, almost, when, when you look at some of the content. I'm going to touch on, on some of these things, and, and, and this part of the message might be a little bit facetious, while at the same time, there's great uh, wisdom in these words and in what's going on. Because in our Torah portion here, there's the commandment that Lord is speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai and telling him that they are, he's going to number the sons of Israel, and they're going to do so by the giving of a silver half shekel. And these are the words of the first couple of verses of our Torah portion. Let me read the first couple here. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, when you take a census of the children of Israel for their number, that every man shall give a ransom, or in the Hebrew, a kafar, or a covering for himself uh, to the Lord. When you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. This is what every, every one among those who are numbered shall give, a half shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 geras. The half shekel shall be an offering to the Lord. All right, so here we go, an offering of silver before the Lord, and it specifically says so that there might not be any plague among them. Now, some teachers... Some religious men might take this passage, and this could vary in, on this weekend, with everything going on in the world, some teachers could take this passage and skew it and turn it to a terrible thing to mislead the people and mislead the brethren. Because a teacher could stand up and say, see, you have to give so that there might not be a plague among you. So if you have a fear of the virus that is going around the world today, then give money, send your silver, and then there will be no plague among you. And you might hear a teacher like that take advantage of the situation in that way. That's something I will never do. It's something that I will never have a heart to do, that my spirit just churns inside, that I just I hate it, that somebody, even men who, are, who I believe are, are righteous men at their heart, simply take advantage of the world in the way that it is and be consumed by the spirit of greed. That's not the message that's ever going to come out from this stage, this pulpit, in any way, shape, or form. But what we do have to recognize about the passage is this, is the children of Israel were commanded to give to the Lord, to turn their focus to the Lord at this time. It was a gift to them. They wanted, people wanted to be numbered amongst the people of Israel and be counted in the eyes of the Lord. So we have to turn our attention to him. And yes, we have to give of ourselves to him. We have to give offerings to him. We can't just pretend like he's God, we're his people, and then we don't reciprocate the relationship that we have and the covenant that we have with our Lord. 
So we are commanded to give of ourselves to the Lord. And so one of the things that, that is uh, a question in this time, uh, in the challenging season that we find ourselves in, is the economy and what's going to happen with the money and, and, and people who work in ministry, giving is going to be down, donations are going to be down, all, all these things. And there's good, righteous people that are working to serve the Lord and who minister to the brethren. And there's a big question mark of what's going to happen. And that's not to say that you should, that, that one of the main points of this entire message that I'm going to have the opportunity to share with you and hopefully speak into you this weekend is to say, don't let the fear of what is going on stop you from giving to the Lord. That doesn't mean that you have to give it here or any other place that you donate, but always remember that we still are to give that first 10% to the Lord, that first offering to Him, so that our focus is on Him, so that our focus is on Him before we start thinking about all the money that we have and be consumed by the greed, which is going to be an issue, especially as news about the economy comes out in the next couple of weeks, months, we don't really know. Keep our focus on the Lord. The next passage of our Torah portion goes into the instruction to Moses to create the bronze laver. Beginning at verse 17, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses and saying, you shall also make a laver of bronze and its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle, the meeting of the altar, and you shall put water in it for Aaron and his sons to wash their hands and their feet in water from it. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, lest they die, and it shall be a statute forever to them, to him, and to his descendants throughout their generations. Can we just take a moment to relish at not the irony, not the coincidence, but the sheer knowledge and wisdom of God that that verse is in our Torah portion for this week? Just a moment. Talking about washing our hands lest we die. When that has been what has been said for the past three weeks, four weeks, as we've known about this virus, that everyone who has any sort of reasonable, uh, knowledgeable thing to say about this virus is, guys, just do hygiene. Use smart, have some knowledge to wash your hands and do these things. You don't have to panic about anything else. Just wash your hands. And the people who are afraid of the virus, just wash your hands. People who are afraid of dying of the virus, just wash your hands. And here in the scripture, this is exactly what it says. Now, in the course of the tabernacle and Aaron and the priests, and what it was, was they were all about boundary maintenance. That was the job of the priests. When, it came, when you go to approach the Lord, you want to make sure there was no unclean thing. Not just any physical unclean thing, but anything spiritual as well. See, because we, we're, we're uh, told in Psalms 24, where it says... Give us clean hands, or he that has clean hands and a pure heart, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Those two things work in tandem. You can't have clean hands and an impure heart and receive a blessing. You can't have a pure heart and unclean hands and receive a blessing. The two things work in tandem. And this whole idea of just hygiene, keeping yourself clean and pure, there's there's a balance to it in the spiritual as well. And it's something that we actually can take note of and think of at this time when he's talking about, look, just wash your hands, but have also be clean before the Lord. Anytime that you go to approach the Lord, pray to the Lord, 
We need to do so not, because, not, not in the, the filth of what we've been working in and dealing and working in the mud. No, take a bath, wash your hands. It's the same thing you do before coming to congregation. It's the same thing we teach our kids before coming to the table to eat. Wash your hands. Because there's a parallel to it in the spiritual as well. For us to be pure and upright before the Lord. To wash. The next instruction in our Torah portion talks about the creation of the holy anointing oil. Now, this is not for all of the homeschool moms to immediately say, now it's time to bust out the essential oils, which a lot of people have, which I got no problem with the essential oils. That thieves oil does wonders and shortens colds and keeps people safe. And so, no, that's not where I was going with this. The anointing oil was for the business of putting an anointing on somebody, a covering on something. Now, when you anointed something, it elevated something to another status. However, I'm reminded of Psalms 23, where it's talking about the Lord is my shepherd and he anoints my head with oil. It's kind of interesting when, if you've ever dug into that or, or heard another message specifically about the details of what is said to us in Psalm 23, did you know that shepherds would put oil over the heads of their sheep, of their flocks, to protect them? To protect them specifically from insects, insects that would enter into their ears, and there's a, a symptom that happens within sheep that if enough parasites and bugs um, irritate a sheep inside of its, his ears, he'll actually slam his head into a rock to try and get the bugs out and actually cause harm to himself in the course of trying to keep bad things out. So what shepherds learned is that if you took oil and you covered the, the sheep's head with oil, rubbed it in the ears of, of the sheep, It would keep the bugs out, and it would prevent the sheep from causing harm to itself. The oil of anointing is for protection. This is where, in in, in the course of this cure for plagues and pandemics, where you do have to understand the protection needed to protect yourself either from whatever is bad, wherever the virus might be, but to also anoint and protect your family. So for those those, uh, leaders of households that are deciding to protect their family or keep them away for one reason or another, then what it is is that's their call and that's their anointing to protect them. Quarantine will work to prevent from getting a disease or an illness. And if somebody has their heart or or that's what they feel they need to do, that's the prerogative and that is an essential thing to keeping yourself away from whatever plague might be among us. So the whole idea of anointing oil that is, is a protection for us. And we need to be mindful of that protection. Then we have the instruction for the incense. The incense, when it was burned in the tabernacle, was called the prayers of the saints. In any time of need, we should pray before the Lord, the divine physician, the one who heals us, the one who has the power to heal, that in any time of need, we should pray. And that's absolutely an aspect of what we need to do in times like this. Then in chapter 31, it talks about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon the artisans of the tabernacle, the ones that actually built the tabernacle. We need His Spirit to come upon us in this time. In all those struggles and question marks that we might have of things that are going on in the world, we need the Spirit of God to come upon us. But the other thing we probably also should do, we should continue to work. We should not take the advantage of what's going on in the world to suddenly cash in our laziness. For us to then say, see, the world's shutting down. Ah, I'm just going to let everybody take a break. Oh, I'm glad work's done. I'm glad work's cutting out. I don't have to do that. Kids are like, woo, don't have to go to school. That's actually not the mindset we should have. 
We should have the mindset that we want to we continue our lives, continue to work and labor, taking care of our families, those that are struggling to know what their next pay, where their next paycheck is going to come from. Believe you me, they have a heart to continue to work because of that time of need. So even if you don't have that particular need, that financial need, we still should have a spirit inside of us to work and labor for the kingdom as we have been called to do. And whether that's actually working in ministry or if that's just taking care of our family, we need the spirit of the Lord to continue to be inside of us, to continue to work through whatever issue we have before us. And then finally, at the end of chapter 31, we have the reiteration of the Sabbath law to rest every week. And in the course of any time, if you do get sick, if you want to make sure that you don't want to get sick or don't want to be susceptible to illness, you need to sleep. I saw an article that if you don't get enough sleep at night, your body becomes compromised in your immune system. If you don't get enough sleep, if you don't eat, if you don't rest, if you don't wash, if you also, one of the other big things, stress. If you are stressed all the time, you will compromise your own immune system and then you will catch what you fear. All of these things all need to work in tandem so that we, when it's time to rest, we need to rest. All of these things, everything I'm describing here, we're, we were talking about the building of the tabernacle, but all of these things deeper in the meaning is exactly what the world needs to hear right now when it comes to prevention of plague, illness, and pandemics. We need to turn our hearts to the Lord. Yes, we need to wash ourselves and, and keep ourselves clean with hygiene. We need to I protect ourselves, be mindful of that protection. We need to pray before the Lord. We need to continue to work and serve the Lord with his spirit inside of us, and we need to rest when it's time to rest. There's your cure for what ails us. If we can just focus on that, if that's all we could focus on, then I think we'd be okay. We wouldn't, when we do these things, no illness would befall us, and we'd be able to go and operate with the you know, moving forward, with as God has called us to be, and we'd get through whatever the news cycle wants to tell us we should be doing, we'd be fine if we just followed the Word of God. But unfortunately, people don't always follow the Word of God. People don't always turn their hearts and their spirit to God, and they don't listen to what the Lord has said. And also in our Torah portion, we have the story of when the people turned their heart away from the Lord. When they grew impatient, when they, didn't, uh, when, they, when they feared what had become of Moses, and they didn't know what was happening or what was going on, and they were told to wait for 40 days, and 40 days they're waiting, and they don't know what, what, what's happened to Moses, what the Lord is doing. They're sitting there in the wilderness. So what do they do? They grow so impatient. They, take their, they try to take their lives into their own hands. The fear consumes them, and what do they do? They go to Aaron. They tell him to go and, and, and craft and construct a golden roll of toilet paper. Because this was what was going to save them. This is what they turned to in their time of need, in their time of distress. And that's what their mind created as to what they needed. Now, of course, I, I knew that would probably get a chuckle because that's obviously been the thing that everybody is struggling to get and, and, and acquire. Even the people who are just reasonable about it and just trying to find a roll of toilet paper in this city. Because so for some reason, somebody's mind thought, this is what I needed. And then sheep followed whoever started that trend and saw that the other people were grabbing two things of toilet paper. I'm going to grab two things of toilet paper. And the next person saw that and was like, they're grabbing two. I'm going to grab three. And so we, we just like sheep to the slaughter just followed this idea or this mi mindset of what would be our saving grace. 
And that's what the children have did with a golden calf. They, 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 they got caught up in what someone's idea of salvation was. See, because here's what it is. They clearly did not have the spirit inside of them. I've always, when, when I have taught this in the past, I've talked about the spirit that was upon the artisans of the, of the tabernacle, that God specifically says that, um, in the scripture that I have put my spirit in them. Verse 3 of chapter 31, I have filled them with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of worksmanship. When God puts his spirit inside something, suddenly ideas, thoughts, clarity of mind, everything comes alive when the spirit of God is inside someone. Have you ever noticed how important the spirit of God is is in creation? Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the spirit of God was over the waters. Verse 2, the, the second verse of the entire scripture talks about the Spirit of God being above and was, is, is recognized as the subject of the creation. The Spirit of God is what allows us to create. If we go to Psalm 104, I have a couple of verses here that I definitely want to, um, want to cover in this passage because I think there's a lot of words in the scripture that can be encouraging to us at this particular time. But starting in Psalm 104 at verse 23, it says, verse 24, it says this, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things, both small and great. There the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you, that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand. They are filled with good. You hide your face, and they are troubled. They take away your breath, and they die and return to dust. You send forth your spirit. They are created, and you renew the face of the earth. The spirit of God is what did the creation. In fact, that's really what a spirit can do. The, 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 when I believe that the spirit is a thought or, or the emotion of something, those thoughts or the ideas that we have, this is why we have the ability to create things, ideas in our mind. And with the spirit of God, we can create wonderful things that add to the creation of God. But other spirits not of the Lord can also create things. The spirit of fear creates things. Why is it that we, have, we, we create this idea that then generates panic in, in, in other people? It's because somebody was led. Who was the first person to do it? It was somebody who was led by the spirit of fear. Because it creates ideas in your head, the things that you start to worry about, and your mind starts wondering, and you start thinking. You're like, okay, uh, here comes a disease. Uh, what happens if, uh, if they shut down the city? What happens if I lose power? What happens if I lose water? And so i got to make sure I have water. i got to make sure I have non-perishable food. i got to have all these things or whatever. And your brain just creates this scenario that just doesn't exist yet. Now, sometimes you can, you can think about these things, but then you need sound mind to start to whittle away, you know what, I don't need to worry about that, I don't need to worry about that, or whatever. If we ever got to the point where the city was out of power and out of water, we'd have a different level of anarchy in which a virus would not be our biggest problem. So we need to not let our minds go there. 
We need to have our sound mind whittle away. What's, what is the spirit of fear creating in my head? And instead, what is actually the reasonable thought I need to be thinking? 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So we are not to ha- operate with that spirit of fear. We need the spirit of the Lord inside of us so we have that sound mind, so that we, we just become reasonable about these things. And the things that are created, perhaps the idea that, yeah, you should have some non-perishable food on hand in case the grocery store runs out, and that's a good idea. No problem. It's a good idea to have maybe a little bit more toilet paper if you can't get to the store. But obviously the mass hysteria and the rush has taken over and it's consumed. Any other smart idea that some families might have that they would run and they would fight somebody over toilet paper when really the most beneficial thing they could stock up on is peanut butter and crackers and and canned goods and other things that they could actually do. But they're consumed by the toilet paper. Because that spirit of fear has created a scenario where that is the most important thing. We need to use that sound mind that God has given us that comes with his spirit. We are commanded to not fear. In Deuteronomy 31, when the, when the charge to Joshua says, he's like, do not fear, do not be dismayed, be strong, be of good courage. We are commanded not to fear. Over a hundred times in the scripture it says, fear not. Because we know that, that, that there is a spirit of fear that gets in the way of the spirit of the Lord. Some more passages that talk about that. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 41. Now, I did see one thing that, that I, I wanted to clarify. Some, there, I've heard some teachers say that the term fear not actually shows up 365 times in the Scripture and I couldn't verify that, but the, but the concept of fear is talked about many times as something that is bad, that we are not to be consumed by. If we go to Isaiah 41, beginning at verse 8, it says this, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you. You have not, and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. This is where God is speaking and talking about that fear, do not give in to fear, but focus on me. When he says, I am the Lord, I will be the one who strengthens you, I will help you. Because when you're in need of help, that's when fear arises. Where will my help come from? What will be the thing that will help me when I need help? And we find ourselves in need of help all the time. How many times if somebody was at a grocery store, was looking for toilet paper, and we're calling up our friends and saying, hey, or getting on Facebook, I can't find any toilet paper, and I'm just, I'm out. It's not like I'm trying to go buy, you know, a pallet of toilet paper right now. I'm just trying to take care of my family. So you put it on Facebook, and then some friends are coming on and saying, there's toilet paper at the Walgreens there, or they're over here, and we, we ask for help. We have some help, and we get the help that we need. Okay, that's a simple fix for a simple solution. When it comes to our spiritual needs, our spiritual sense, when our emotions are getting the best of us and anxiety has come befalling us, that is when we need the spiritual help that comes from the Lord. 
He is our help. He is who we need to call upon at that time. Psalm 27 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my light, life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Him, the Lord, is the one we are to be afraid of. Not the fear of dread, but the fear of awe and his power and his ability to save and his ability to meet us in our time of need. That is where our focus needs to be. Not to be afraid of any other person. That we should not have the fear of anything else, but let our fear and our awe of God wipe away any fear that we might have. He is our salvation. Now if we go to Psalm 91. When it talks to all of our ideas and thoughts of safety and protection, and we turn to the Lord for times of safety and protection, again, we still need that sound mind at times for us to concentrate on uh, taking care of our families, taking care of of, um, whatever our needs are. And Psalm 91 is actually all about safety and protection. But again, our focus is upon the Lord and the safety that he brings to us. Let me read this passage starting at verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against the stone, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and I will set him high because he is known, he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What an encouraging psalm that is in a time when we might be afraid of what might come through our doors and what, might, what we might catch or whatever plague or pestilence or sickness might be among us. Just go to Psalm 91. Because the Lord will send his angels to watch over us. And that whole thing about 1,000 falling at your side and 10,000 falling at the other side, that's what could happen when it comes to anything that's truly declared to be a pandemic and what, what is possible as far as death tolls are concerned. But if your focus is, again, on the Lord and his protection, his provision, then they will not come into your dwelling place. It will not befall you. This is talking about, the, again, the, the peace of God's Spirit that we need to have, that we need to focus on. 
When he's talking about that he has set his love upon me. Though you have to feel that sense of the love. Remember the fruits of the Spirit. The love is one of the first ones listed that when he sets his love upon you, there's just a peace and a calm that comes over you no matter what might be going on. Destruction at noonday, pestilence that walks in the darkness. When you know of all the things that are in the world, all, all the, the hurtful things that, that are around the world, when we lock our doors at night, we know at nighttime is when there's terrible things that can, that can happen. For those of, that don't have the Lord, that don't trust in the Lord, there are sometimes I question and I wonder, and I'm like, how do they sleep at night? Knowing what's in the world. If you do not have a faith or a protection that is beyond that lock on that door, then, then when you know what's in the world, you need the Spirit of God. You need something to hope for. It's actually one of the things that leads me to believe that a lot of people, even though people don't profess to be, to be believers, God still puts something inside of them that keeps them safe at night, mentally and emotionally and things. Some people get consumed by their thoughts, their emotions, anxiety, depression. It, it just completely consumes them. But there are even people who are not believers that still have something God put there that keeps them from losing their mind. And that's the Spirit of God that He's poured out upon all the people. Even when we don't even recognize it, His Spirit is there. And that is what we need inside of us, inside our hearts, inside of our minds, all the time. The Lord has actually given this entire situation that's going on in the news cycle today, it's given us an opportunity to sit down, focus on what's really important in life. For any of the guys, now I'm a sports fan, but I'm not a sports fanatic. But for any of the sports guys that absolutely lose their minds and check out for two weeks when March Madness and the NCAA tournament rolls around, and they have to watch every single game, and they fill out 20 different brackets, and they have money on the games, and they do all these things, and just, their minds just get consumed at this time of year, uh, what are they supposed to do for the next couple of weeks? Maybe take the opportunity to not be a fanatic about what amounts to entertainment and instead stop and assess what's important in life because that's what they should be doing what a great advantage this entire situation is for certain people to reassess the priorities that they have in life so now it's actually a fantastic opportunity it really is talking about kids being held back from school spring break being being extended now my heart goes out to the families that count on the public school system to watch their kids while they're working, whether you've got a single mom who's working a job or, or, or daycare systems or whatever it might be, who like now have to figure out what to do with their children if the school's not going to be open for them. My heart goes out to them, and I hope that there's programs that are set up that, that takes care of them. But how many other families pawn their kids off on the public school system and then don't interact with them very much and actually don't spend enough quality time with their own family members? This entire situation is actually going to bring to light a, a situation in which families will have to bond a little bit closer together and somebody will have to take note of the members of their family and pay more attention to all the members of their family for longer hours of the day than maybe they normally get to because schools and programs might have been shut down. This is an opportunity for us to be brought back together, have our families become closer, have our communities become closer as well. There's an opportunity here. 
With large events being canceled, sometimes we'll get, we're going to get down to the smaller events, that the smaller groups, for some of those people that go to megachurches that sometimes are, are just consumed by, the, by the, the, the giant mass of people that come and enjoy that, you know, these smaller groups that might have to form in the midst of larger events being canceled actually will allow for people, new relationships to form and people to grow within a smaller group. Some people look at the, uh, the model in Acts where they went from, where the apostles went from home to home and that somehow that's a biblical model by which you can build disciples and that you can teach people. And that's not me saying that there's anything wrong with larger gatherings and groups, but we have opportunities now before us because of what is happening in the news that perhaps these small groups can build and individuals can grow in the process. And if the economy really does fail, then what will be revealed is when certain people really have greed in their heart, and when you start to see them lose their minds over what's going on in the stock market, again, it's going to allow for those people to reassess what the priorities they have in their life, if their money is their God or if something else is. This is going to reveal the hearts of the people, whatever challenging trials and tribulations. This is the way God tested the children of Israel in the wilderness. And if we look at what's going on in the world today, you could count it as a test. Are we going to be consumed by the spirit of fear or we are going to turn to the spirit of the Lord? We have the choice. And that's what we will show and it will reveal. We cannot be consumed by the spirit of fear. Now, there's lots of things to fear. Even if you don't fear catching the virus, when you go and you look and you study, and it's like, look, the, the mortality rate of this virus is so very low, lower than the seasonal flu and, and all, everything that's going on. It's like you might be a younger person that's healthy, and it's like, I don't have any fear of catching the disease. But people can be consumed with the fear of, well, what's really going on? You start watching some conspiracy theories of where this virus came from and what the plan is and who's pulling the strings and the Illuminati and control and government. There's a lot of things to be afraid of. So even if you're not afraid of one, there's something else the world might throw at you and say, are you afraid of this? Are you afraid of that? Are you afraid of that? And it's, again, it's a test. It's a constant test for, say, are you going to be afraid of any of those things or are you going to turn your fear to the Lord and submit to Him and His Spirit? God did not save the children of Israel from Egypt for them to go out into the wilderness and for them to be consumed by the spirit of fear, build a calf of gold, and die in the midst of the wilderness. God did, that was not God's intention when he saved the children of Israel from Egypt. But unfortunately for some, that's what happened. Why? Because they got consumed by the spirit of fear. They did not have the spirit of the Lord inside of them. They grew impatient, and they created their own God. For those of us that are not in the wilderness who didn't just physically leave Egypt and and, and we're sitting here living our lives, those of us that have a testimony of belief in Yeshua the Messiah, His salvation, who has saved us from the slavery of sin and death and has given us eternal life, God did not do all of those things and did not send His Son, His only begotten Son, to die on the cross for your sins for you to be consumed by the spirit of fear from talking heads on the TV. He didn't do it. He didn't save you for that reason. So for those of us who do have that testimony, who do believe in God and have called upon the Spirit of God to be inside of us, 
Now, maybe I'm not talking to somebody. I'm talking to people probably that might hear my voice and they say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not, I haven't been, you know, I'm not in panic. I'm not in sheer panic mode or whatever. I'm good. I'm still working. I'm still doing all these things. Maybe this message isn't for you, but the message is for somebody you might see that is being consumed by that fear. Maybe you, or maybe there's a husband that's listening that says, yeah, I think we're good or whatever, until the wife finally, you know, breaks down and reveals like, no, they're actually really struggling with what's going on and what they're seeing in the news. Or vice versa. I'm not just saying men and women or anything like that. There might be a, a, a wife that's like, yeah, we're all good. And, the, and in the man, the man's just sweating and he's, he, 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 he doesn't know what to think because of what he's watching on the news. Whoever I might be talking to needs to know, needs to hear this to not be afraid and can be consumed by the spirit of fear. Fear does for the adversary what faith does for the Lord. It's the thing that when it starts to consume our thoughts, consumes our emotions, starts to lead us into certain actions, it's the same way that a faithful zealot for the Lord will act and will pray for people. Fear will cause you to do things and to serve the adversary and work toward his end and his goals when you follow the spirit of fear. That's what the world would like you to do. The world has become the dominion of the adversary. That is, we're, again, this is the test. The Lord uses the adversary and puts these challenges in front of me, just like he did with Job. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? And he allowed the adversary to come in. If you want a, a, a homework for today coming from here, go read Job. Because Job, you're talking about somebody who, a man who was consumed with plague, lost his family, looks like judgment is being poured upon him, and listen to his words of how he continues to praise the Lord through all of it. So if you want some homework for the week, go read the book of Job. But for today, let me close with Romans chapter 8. Because to, to, to wrap this all up in, in not being consumed with the, this fear, we need to submit to the Spirit of the Lord and His everlasting love. Romans 8 at verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is he who condemns. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long, and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ, Yeshua our Lord. No matter what is in the world, created or otherwise, powers and principalities created by the devil in the spiritual realm or created in a laboratory in the physical realm, Nothing will separate us from the love of God and our focus and faith in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen?
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today, for this Sabbath. Encourage us and strengthen us, Lord. Cause your spirit to pour out upon us at this time. For, Father, we, many of us simply do not know what to do next, what to think next, what to say next. Father, I pray that just as the children of Israel, at the time of their distress, you told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So, Father, if it is the time for us to stand still, then may we stand and watch and wait on your will in all things. But, Father, if you lead us, you call us to act. You call us to, to help somebody who is in need, something some, that is presented before us. Father, we may, may we then never hesitate to do what your Spirit is leading us to do. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Cast out any spirit that is not of you, Lord. May there not be a spirit of anxiety or depression. May there not be a spirit of dread or dismay. May there not be a spirit of fear or of darkness, Lord, present amongst your people. But Father, may the spirit of your love dwell in us and shine from us like a light that casts out spirit of the spirit of fear. For Father, darkness can do nothing but flee from light. And just as your spirit hovered over the waters in creation, Lord, and created light, may your spirit dwell in, in us and amongst us, Lord, as a light to the nations and a light to those who are in need. We submit to you, Lord, in your perfect will in all things. We thank you for sending your Son, the Savior of the world, the one who took our burdens and our sins and, our, and, and the, the punishment of our sin and the breaking of the covenant, Lord, and who paid that price for us. May we never lose sight of what you have done, your power, We are in awe of you, Lord. May our fear only be in you and not in anything of this world. We thank you for this time, this opportunity, this community, this facility, Lord, that we can uh, meet and share. Father, we thank you for all the brethren that are watching across the country through the internet, Lord, everyone who has an opportunity to join together with this family, Lord. We all submit to you, our heavenly Father, Lord, for you are the head of this congregation, this called out assembly, Lord. We love you, we bless you, and thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's Shabbat live stream. We pray that the teachings and the worship were edited. And the Lord spoke into Moshe and said, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel." Yivarechecha Adonai Vayishmarecha Yahir Adonai Panavilecha vichunecha Yisadonai Panavilecha 
Vayasihim l'cha L'cha Shalom Bashem Yeshua HaMashiach Sarcha Shalom Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, Shalom. ...to you, but most importantly, that they lift it up and bless the Lord, because he has blessed us beyond belief. Even the ability to be able to be speaking to you today, no matter where you're at, it's a blessing, and we, we cannot thank the Lord enough for that. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, or you would like to give towards our widows and orphans and community funds to help those who are less fortunate, you can do so by visiting HebraicFamily.com. None of our staff takes any types of salaries or stipends, and all of the money is put back into furthering the work of the kingdom for the Lord. May Yeshua the Messiah bless you on the Sabbath. We look forward to seeing you next week. Shalom.